Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, when she's <laughs> gonna pop eight, then you're gonna pop her out, man. So we're going, we moved into the ballsy portion of the There's some things you just can't find, but like, Mex- like Mexican food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Leaving Legacy. This is episode number 42. My name is Patrick, and with me on the line are some of my best friends in the Magic game. I have uh, Adrian. Hi. <laughs> and uh, I think Jerry's in the line, too. What's up, Jerry? Hello. How was, uh, how was your week in Magic, guys? Uh, you want to go first, Adrian? Um, well, I know you had a big to-do. You can go first, and I'll try to think if I even had a week in Magic. <laughs> well, that's why I didn't want to just, like... Uh, present a show that you couldn't live up to. So I'm oh, well, you graceful. Yeah. I was being graceful in letting you go first. <laughs> oh, that way you could top it? No, don't worry. Don't even worry about it, bro. Get into okay. it, man. Get into it. All right, well, I'm going to start off with saying my weekend began with a traditional Chinese exorcism. <laughs> I'm going to let that sink in for a bit. <laughs> so so I, past- didn't, I didn't know there was such a thing as a traditional. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, old old school, traditional, I, I guess is, uh, you know, how, how one would describe it. My, uh, my cousin recently uh, married a woman from Hong Kong, and they had a, like, traditional Chinese shaman come and bless, uh, bless the house. <laughs> okay. And my mom was all just like, oh, this is amazing. You need to come to our house. <laughs> so my mom woke me up at the ass crack of dawn. Uh, my my uh, standards of ass crack of dawn is uh, 7.30 a.m. Brought me over to my parents' house so that they could have the traditional Chinese exorcism. There was a lot of incense and... Gong chiming. I don't even know what, what, it, what the verb is of gonging. There was lots of gonging, <laughs> ch- chanting in Chinese, and dispelling the evil spirits. And then we all got our fortunes read. And I'm just looking at my dad. I'm like, Dad, for real? And he just looks at me and goes, If it makes your mother happy. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I wonder if we just offended the Chinese community. <laughs> I don't think so. I think I think okay. all. All communities can agree that a certain amount of mysticism is a little bit ridiculous. But hold on, there's a point to my story. Uh, and so we go. they go through all that, we get our fortunes read, uh, they say I'm going to have very good luck for the next year. And I'm like, okay, whatever, that's cool. So I leave the Chinese exorcism, and I go back to my apartment. <laughs> Fall dick first in a prostitute. <laughs> no. You can't buy luck. <laughs> Instead, I go back to my apartment where I had gathered some great uh, magic community people over my house to finally draft my Modern Masters box. Oh, Yes, the Modern Masters box. This is the box that has gone through the miraculous journey to finally get to me. I pre-ordered it, and it was a month late, and the truck was in a car accident and rolled over, and then it was delayed, and I never thought I was going to get this box, and finally I got it, and I've been saving it till I could get a bunch of people together together to draft it. So I gathered everyone together, we draft it, and I opened my first pack, and it's a dark confidant. Like, oh, okay, good start. Maybe there is a little, you know, something to, uh, you know, the luck that I was just granted. 
And then the person to my left goes, oh, yeah, this is a good one, and flashes me the Tarmogoyf. Nice. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is awesome. This box is the first two packs, and this box is already paid off. This is awesome. I'm happy. I guess that what really was good luck. We then open the second pack, and the person uh, farther to my left shows me the foil Tarmogoyf. <laughs> <laughs> so I I had quite a bit of luck with that. So I was riding high, you know. Saturday was good. Got to draft Modern Masters, which is a pretty sweet set. Uh, not as fun as the first Modern Masters to draft, but it's still like top, you know, really really good draft set. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday, I went to the TCG Player uh, 1K Legacy event, and I ended up top eighting that. Nice we, job, we, man. Yeah. So my yeah. luck was running strong. And what were you playing there? Uh, I was playing the Agro Loam deck again. Uh, the deck is just so much fun to play and just really, really good. Like, if the game goes long enough, you will win the game. You have better late game and answers to pretty much any deck in the format. So if they give you enough time, you will find an answer and you will find a way to win. Um, yeah, uh, I ended up going 4-1 and then intentional draw in the top eight. Only, only deck I lost to was against my, uh, Buddy Caleb, uh, he's a that's local. Uh, he was playing lands, and turns out Merit Lodge is just a little bit bigger than Knight of the Reliquary. <laughs> uh, so it was a it was a pretty grindy loam off, and he ended up just being able to go a little bit bigger than me and uh, wasting my Caracas before I could bounce his uh, his Merit Lodge token. But it was it was well earned. I think he he may have actually I left before the whole thing was over, but he also top aided and he may have actually oh, took down the whole thing. Nice way to go. Yeah, Caleb. I know. Uh, but the in the Swiss rounds, uh, I just felt like I couldn't lose against any other deck. I beat Shardless Bug. Uh, I beat Storm. Uh, yeah, I beat Storm without a single blue card. No counter spells. Still beat Storm. Mm-hmm. I felt awesome doing that. But did you did you have like sort of um. Thorn of Amethyst or something? So, game one, he just stormed me on turn two. And yeah. I'm like, well, I mean, that's it's what Storm does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, game two, I go land, Mox Diamond, uh, Chalice of the Void on one, Chalice okay. of the Void on zero. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> was, was he doing Ant or Tess or what? Uh, he was doing Ant. He turned, Game one, he had okay. uh, tendrilled me. Game two, I uh, chaliced on one so he couldn't ritual, and chaliced on zero so he couldn't Lotus Petal or Lion's Eye Diamond. Right. So he just scooped it up. So I turned one ad nauseum tendrils because <laughs> he just scooped it up. And then game three, he ended up revealing me his hands. He ended up keeping a, 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 hand, uh, a hand with three abrupt decays. Uh, because he was afraid of Chalice the Void, and I ended up drawing everything else besides Chalice the Void. Okay. So I ended up beating him game three that way. Hmm. Uh, my next round, I beat Charless Bug. Uh, then I beat Maverick. Uh, then I lost to Caleb playing lands. That was a really good match. And then what was the fourth deck I beat? Oh, Elves. I beat Elves. Uh, Elves was actually a really close one. I put him multi five and still almost got there. Uh, it was a real close match. And then I intentionally drew with another Elves player to get on the top eight. Mm-hmm. And I got into top eight, and I just kind of choked. The the tiredness came over me. I was pretty exhausted, and I just played terribly. Like you, I was. 
You didn't have the pit crew with you? Nah, I mean, I had Josh there. Josh was uh, rallying me, but uh, <laughs> I just, like, with every time I would play a play and I just instantly knew it was a terrible play, I would just look at Josh and he would just shake his head. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I know. I know I did terrible. That was a stupid, stupid move. Like, I tried abrupt decaying a Thalia while my opponent had a Caracas in play, just without thinking. Yeah. And then he he goes to bounce it, and I had four mana up, and I'm like, well, I already fucked up. I might as well do this now and actually get rid of the Thalia, because it's a problem for me. And I abrupt decay the Thalia again, and he Aether Vials in Flicker Wisp to exile. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so I'm just like, yep, that is, I deserve every second of this. I'm just playing like crap. But uh, I played against a, a guy named Micah. He, he's well known in the Legacy community. I've seen him a lot, around a bunch. Uh, he played well, I played terribly, so he uh, he deserved to win and go on to the semifinals. Mm. But, uh, yeah, came in top eight, so I thought it was a pretty good use of the Sunday. Nice work, man. Yeah, nice works. Uh, oh, yeah. The, uh, was the prize payout any good? It would have if I had won one more. <laughs> I know first place got you 400, and then second got you 200. Mm. And then uh, third, fourth, yeah, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth got you 100, and then seventh and eighth got you 50. So you got your, I mean, you got your inches back plus a little gas money or whatever. Yeah, I bought me gas and dinner. So, I mean, yeah. then I got to play Legacy for six hours, so that was yeah, always pretty nice. Yeah, that's something for sure, man. I uh, I played my, my 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 own little late man on uh, on Wednesday at the Wiz. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I I had to be up in Westboro for work anyway, so I went over to uh, I got out of work at like four. I was at like the Double Tree over there, so I got to work at four. Oh wait, you work there? No, no, no! I don't work there. We oh, had, oh, we had a regional meeting up there, so like randomly, oh, okay. I, was in, I was in Westboro on Wednesday. All right. And I'm like, oh shit! Like my wife, my wife and I took vacation last week, but I, I decided to work Wednesday just to that way I didn't have to spend my PTO. Like I was, was going to be out of the office for ten hours anyway, so I'm like, whatever, I'll go mm-hmm. work up there. So I went up there, and uh, their legacy starts at like six o'clock. So I'm like, oh, I mean, I can I'll be there at four. I just kick around for a couple hours, so. Mm-hmm. I went over to the Wiz. Um, it was cool. They had a, a small turnout. There was probably like eight guys there playing. It's about what um, they so it was just like yeah. a little three round tournament, but it was fun. Um, they do they do proxies there, so I proxied up uh, three copies of uh, Volcanic Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the, the ones that I don't have, um, which actually made a kind of a big difference, believe it or not. Like I know all the games that I've played, I've been like, oh, that wasn't you know wasn't really a big deal not having the volcanics, but I definitely felt this time. That uh, I I won a few games where I was at like at like four or two. Of course. And so, and so certainly having the volcanics were a big help. Um, mm-hmm. But I faced uh, the first round. I played against this kid Matt. Um, I played him. He was playing Canadian Threshold, which I've never played against before. And so that's like the what's in there, like the Nimble Mongoose and and all that good stuff. He was he was running like Stifles and Wastelands and um, Fork Bolt. Um, I beat him in three games. I actually went to time every single round. I <laughs> played three rounds and went to time playing Blue Red Delver every single round, every every round oh. of games. Wow. Yeah, it was it was very grind. Like I played, I was there for you know like four or five hours playing three, or, well, probably like four hours playing three rounds, and it was just exhausting because every single every single round was super grindy. Uh-huh. Um, the first yeah, but the first round I won in three games, um, just with the you know the Delver beatdown as it happens. Um, the second round I actually lost. In three games, this kid Oren, he was on Jeskai Stoneblade. I I made a big mistake in that game. He had he had a jet. He swung swung with uh I think True Name had the jet on it, uh-huh. and swung with the jet and had two counters on it and killed my unflipped Delver, or no k- killed killed my young Pyromancer, 
which had no tokens. And so he still had one counter on it, and then the next turn I drew a Smash, and so I had three lands up, so I played the Delver first, and then played Smash to Smithereens, not thinking of the counter left on the Jit. Mm-hmm. And so he took my he took my Delver that turn, and that cost me the game there. I would have I would have beat him two zero then, but um, that cost me the game there. And he went on to win the third game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was an interesting matchup. And then I played uh, the last round. I played against uh, Maverick, which I've actually never played against. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of a cool a cool matchup. Um, ended up drawing to this kid. Uh, we played one game, and he I won the first. And game two, it just we just ended up going to turns and. He uh, had out two Knights of the Reliquaries. They were like five fives, and uh-huh. so I just kept making like Pyromancer tokens and chump blocking, chump blocking. And then I think the last turn of the game, you know, he's got like all that life link, so he's at like fifteen, um, and uh, I think I was at six. But I had so many Pyromancer tokens, I was just able to chump block for days. Um, so I ended up drawing that out. Um, so I didn't prize, um, obviously, but I finished one, one, and one, which is about as mediocre as it can get. But uh, it was it was a good time. I would go there again for to play a little bit of Legacy. It was pretty uh, pretty relaxed setting, so it was cool. Oh yeah, that actually reminds me. I also want to shout out the where the one K was was Frexian Games up in Fitchburg, and uh, I was just really impressed with the way they ran the tournament. Like you know, really well organized, uh, really good play area. Like, they just had a couple of uh, leather recliners just in the store that you could, like, sit in. Mm-hmm. And after a long tournament, just getting the chance to sit in a non-folding chair <laughs> is just huge. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was so appreciative just being able to sit in a nice chair and relax. Uh, so I thought I was really impressed with Phyrexian Games. Their legacy is every Thursday night, which I work late on Thursday, so I can't go to. But otherwise, I would probably hit that place up a bunch. I could it, definitely do Thursday nights. My wife... My wife has Thursdays off, and I usually work late, but since I made my schedule, I could just work early. Yeah. I recommend that they do, yeah, Thursday uh, at 10, I think it was 6.30 start, and they do a 100% prize payout. Oh, sweet. So, yeah, everyone who enters, $10 goes into the pool. That's the prize. I feel like a lot of places do Legacy pretty, like, the price support for Legacy is, it seems like it's better than it is for standard or honor. the buy-in is more. Well, it's not just that. It's also store owners know that legacy players are buying big-ticket items. Mm -hmm. So they're fine with breaking even or maybe even losing a little bit of money on the tournament, knowing that if you buy legacy cards from them, that's like a $100 bill. Yeah. That's what they make up in singles, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so so they they definitely encourage it. I can definitely test that. When I was at the Wiz, I I was actually looking at some of their their duels there. And if they had a Volcanic Island, I would have shelled out for it right then and there just to have the card, so... Um, but yeah, so I was I liked I liked uh, I liked the Wiz. I'm glad you had a good time uh, with Phyrexian Jerry. I haven't been there, but I have heard good things about that store, so I'll, I'll definitely check it out in the next couple weeks. Yeah, there's been a little bit of both. I've been there's been uh, some people uh, less than content with the store itself. Really? Yeah, just um, yeah, it, some it, it's just what, every, the, uh, everybody has an impression. No, yeah. no Phyrexian games. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, a lot of. Um, it, it just I don't know. Somebody put up something about um. I don't, I, I don't know if they wanted to ban somebody for bringing in their own drink. Oh, oh I, I remember that. that. <laughs> I, I thought that, that was the stupidest thing. It's like there's I mean, that was really stupid. That was if really a, stupid. If a store is selling something, you don't bring outside stores, you, outside product into it if they're selling it. That's like. This is, well, I mean, there's no sense in me bringing Whoppers into McDonald's, I guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just that's like, you wouldn't bring, like, packs into a store. Well, no, know? but, the, the, well, the difference, I mean, the difference for me is, like, 
Alright, sometimes when I play, I like to drink Red Bull. Most of the stores actually don't have Red Bull. Uh, they had Red Bull and Monsters there. I, my thing yeah, is... Yeah, they're just like, I don't go there because it's also an hour away. Yeah, I mean, there, it's the distance. But that's the thing is, you know, it would be one thing if they banned outside drinks and then they charge $7 for a bottle of water. You know, that's one thing. But they're charging a dollar a drink. You know, you can probably get it cheaper there than the gas station across the street. Oh, yeah, we yeah, and we talked about that what, when I went down to Florida and I was talking to the guy from the Wizard's Cupboard. Like, guys would go across the street to the shell and actually pay more for Monster than he was selling them for at his store. Yeah, I mean, like, you have to remember, like, these people have to keep the lights on. They're doing a service to the community. They're providing a place to play. You know, if they if they don't yeah, want to bring outside uh, items that they're selling in their store, I find that completely understandable. Well, sure, but what I was actually saying was that the Wizard's Cupboard was selling the drinks for less than the shell across the street. Right. So it wasn't about them keeping the lights on. They were actually giving a better deal than the shell across the street, but the guys were still buying the shell across the street. Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's the Wizard's Cupboard, you know, decision. If they feel they don't... They're right, but it wasn't because service. they needed. Okay, yeah. Point was that it wasn't because they needed to keep the lights on. Right, but I'm just saying that Phyrexian Games maybe has a, a different reason for. Oh yeah, different business it. model. Yeah, they're, they're actually catering to the tournaments and the players. Yeah. Right. Yeah, see, so, it was some silly to get to get upset over. Like, I mean, I'm an adult. I'm 30 years old. Like, when I walk into a place, I I, I bank on you know stuff that I want. I will buy there. If they don't have it, then I, I'm clear to bring it in from outside. But if they have it, you just buy it there. It's just. That's just what you do in a store, you know what I mean? Like, part of the reason why going to these stores is so great is that you can support other communities trying to play Legacy. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, I, I remember people giving a big hubbub about that, but I just think that's silly, you know? If that's the rule, if that's what they want to do in order to provide a place, you know, they're giving away so much other stuff. They're giving you a place to play, you know, welcoming... Comfy couches. Uh, yeah, comfy, couch, comfy <laughs> couches. It's like, if they want to prevent outside drinks, that's fine. It would be one thing if they were, like, price gouging, or if they didn't have any drinks and then they banned outside drinks, that would be one yeah. thing. But, yeah, I mean, that's a different conversation, though, right? Like, Yeah. I mean, hater, hater's going to hate, Jerry. You know, hater's <laughs> going to hate. It's true, it's true. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I was really impressed with the store. I thought it was one of the better stores in the area. I actually played very little Magic. I did, um, you know, and I'm actually, man, I'm having a little challenge at the moment, only because I went through, and I so I, I'm trying to do, like, PayPal transfer. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, so I throw money into PayPal so I could actually do a transfer. And it's like, whatever the hell it says, three to four days or some shit. I'm like, okay, well, so I'll transfer it in Thursday. Should be in hopefully Friday, maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday. It's Monday and still not. And it's, so there's, there's a, I don't, without getting, yeah, I don't want to get, uh, alright, so there's, so, do they like I can see the money left my bank. I can't yep. see that it came into PayPal, so do they just like hold it and make three days interest on a collective hundred, two hundred, five hundred thousand people? Like No, that's they don't make interest on it. That's ACH. We deal with this at work all the time. With PayPal? Well, no, it's the process that PayPal uses. It's what all money transfers are that aren't bank wires, it's ACH. So it actually has to filter through the Fed, uh, the Fed system, mm-hmm. and that system just takes a couple days. You're saying know, about I don't even know what the fuck I was saying, but somehow, so I'm like waiting for PayPal, and, uh, waiting for yeah. PayPal anyway, and um, actually ended up getting hold of the Wounded Warrior Project earlier this morning. Oh, nice! And 
then I was doing some other stuff this weekend because so my son went to work with his grandfather so I was actually able to like edit the cast so I edited the cast and everything and then I'm like alright now I gotta post it because I'll try to post it Sunday night so that people can grab it Monday morning mm-hmm. I'm like alright cool now I can post it then it dawned on me it's Saturday <laughs> I'm like oh shit I still have a whole day to my weekend left <laughs> and like I took um, I ended up meeting up with Kyle because I had uh, I had something for him so he came over to pick it up and then we played some magic I still just had Bugged Over together that's about really the only magic that I did then I put Merfolk back together because I like Merfolk and then uh, went and got a quote on my collection and um, yeah just trying to figure out what it is I want to do yeah. that was about my day and then actually I met up with somebody Sunday and uh, I did get I did uh, I heard back from Conrad so that's awesome now I just got to get my uh so, uh, somehow the three of us have to get together at some point because, uh, Jerry, you have a mat and Pat has a mat. Oh, you know what? That's actually another point. So, yeah. So, Jerry, you have a mat. Pat has a mat. Um, so one of them's got to go, uh, bear up to Braden. Mm-hmm. And then one's got to get signed for Kyle. And then another one can get signed for Conrad. Nice. Um, and then we're just going to throw them in some mailboxes. I actually, I, would, I did want to get you guys' brains on something that we can pivot real quick. So I've been looking at a new Blue-Red Delver list that kind of caught my eye, and it's... Uh, I know I talked it. about it a little bit last week. <laughs> but Don't play it. <laughs> Don't play it. Which one? It's, uh, it's... It's... <laughs> <laughs> going to like this, because it's running a 4 of Days Undoing in place of the old Treasure Cruise list, so of it's course. like... It's four Ooh. Swiftspear, four Pyromancer, four Delver, mm-hmm. uh, four Ponder, four Probe, four Days Undoing, um, uh, Place at a Brainstorm, Force of Will Days, Lightning Bolt, all that jazz. And then it's suggesting uh, two Vapor Snag and one Snapback, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of cool to run with it, it, like in relation to Days Undoing. I thought it'd be kind of yeah. cool to have that tempo play. Yep. And um, <laughs> yep, not to mention nice Merit Leash token. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What so is Snapback again? Is one in a blue. It's a common from uh, uh, Time Spiral. And it's, uh, you may remove a blue card in your hand from the game rather than paying Snapback's mana cost. Return target creature to its owner's hand. It's an instant. All right. So it's pitch a, pitch a blue card, return a creature, which I thought uh, was, uh, like, I mean, Days Undoing, like, I mean, three is not impossible in Delver. I'm running 17 land. It's only mm-hmm. one blue, so it's not it's not hard on the land base if I have to, if I'm playing against a Wasteland deck, you know what I mean? Right. Um, which, I have run, which I have run into in the past, where, like, if someone wastes my first Volcanic Island or two, I'm, I'm really tough to get that double blue. Mm-hmm. But it seems like playing Snapback, like, if I'm, the last two cards in my hand are Snapback, and I, like, like have a like, I don't know something. Anything on the board to play that into days and doing just seems really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely mitigates the drawback of snapback. Yeah, of the fact that it's a two for one in, in your opponent's favor. I like it. I was actually thinking about it earlier today of maybe dusting off a uh, stifle knot and running days of doing in it. What's stifle knot? So stifle knot is a blue red Delver variant mm-hmm. um, that runs stifle. And then also runs Phyrexian Dreadnought as a uh, two-card 12-12 combo. Is that the Sacrifice 5 creatures when it comes into play? 
Uh, sacrifice creatures with power uh, equal to or greater than 12. Oh, okay, okay. And then you just stifle the ability, so you get a one mana. Oh, 12. So, so for, oh, your, for, your, for your deck pet, you need all four Delvers flipped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't ever actually, you know, use Rexian Dreadnought's ability. Yeah. How does that work with, like, how does that work with, like, you, you always need that stifle, so how does that... I mean, that's kind of why, it? yeah, that's kind of why the deck fell out of favor as soon as Abrupt Decay was printed, because it's a two card combo that gets you a twelve twelve, right. uh, which for you know one more mana you can get a fifteen fifteen off of Emrakul. Annihilator, exactly, yeah. Right, so that's why people, you know, Show and Tell Emrakul was the better plan, mm-hmm. but uh, Stifle, unlike Show and Tell, is actually useful by itself because you can Stifle fetches and wastelands, and you know, not to mention a whole bunch of other things. Right. So that's kind of what the benefit is. But as soon as a Decay was printed, that's what puts Show and Tell Emrakul as the more favored okay. combo because you stifle Phyrexian Dreadnought and then they Abrupt Decay it. Okay. And then they just two for one you and there's nothing you can do about it. Speaking of stifle, I uh, this just brings back to me the first game I played against Canadian Threshold where he opened his he had his opener with two stifles and drew another one on his like off the top of his deck and so oh, I Stifled my first three fetches. It yeah, sucks brutal. So <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. Do you guys think that deck is is worth looking into? Like, I'm already trying to price out for like a playset of days I'm doing. Uh, actually, through Keenan's uh, Facebook page because I find the deals on there. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw yeah, that. So, uh, I I think it's worth a shot. Um, yeah. Did you see there was a blue red deck that I think it came in tenth place? Yeah, tenth place at the SCG. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, yeah, you might want to take a look at that list, just kind of okay. uh, as a little, uh, you know, compare and contrast. Also, I thought was really interesting out of the SCG uh, was the Omnitel deck that was running some spice. Uh, it was running a one of split decision, which is the conspiracy card, one colorless, one blue, choose target center sorcery spell. Starting with you, each player votes for denial or duplication. If denial gets more votes, counter that spell. If duplication gets more votes or the vote is tied, copy that spell. You can choose new targets for that copy. So the way it works out, because you vote last, um, you can. it almost always ends up as uh, duplication. So it acts as a, as a misdirection, because if they're countering one of your spells, you can just copy the counter to counter it itself. Hmm. Uh, so I thought that was spicy, and it's also running a one of Days Undoing. Yep. Which I think is pretty nice and Omni Show. And then also out of the sideboard, it's running the new Jace. Really? Yeah, it's running a one of Flip Jace in the, in the sideboard, which I find pretty funny. I, I really wish I bought it. I was thinking about buying some Jaces on pre-order, because they were pre-ordering for like $8. Yeah, I'm like, they were, no. that was... Yeah, that was a speck and a half, man. Uh, I know, because I'm just like, it's Jace. Jace is always money. Every time they've ever printed a Jace, he's been money. I should buy these. And I didn't, and I let it get away from me, and now it's pushing 40. Is this the... So I'm looking at this Blu-ray Delver. Like, is this from Austin? The one you're talking about from the from the 15th? Yeah, it was the most recent one, the one that was yesterday. Oh, okay. I don't, maybe it's not on MCG Top 8 yet, then. Yeah, I'm on the, the SCG homepage. Oh, okay, that's why. It's pretty stock. I mean, mm-hmm. four Pyromancer, four Swift Spear, four Delver, four Brainstorm, three Days, one Fire and Ice, three Force of Will, four Bolt, two Spell Snare. The interesting spice of it is two Thunderous Wrath. Is the Red Miracle that's six to deal five damage to a creature or player, or Miracle one Red. I was using that with Scroll Rack for a while. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yep. 
Um, and then it's Splashing Black for two Cabal Therapy, then three Chain Lightning, four Probe, two Ponder. Oh, so this is... What, what place do you say came in? Fifth? Uh, came in tenth. Okay, tenth. So it's Grixis Delver, then? Uh, I mean, it's it listed... Not? It's Blue-Red Delver, just... I yeah. mean, it's listed as... It's running one Underground Sea. Hmm. <laughs> so just the, the, a smattering of black. Just a little... Just a tiny bit. He's also running a Rakdos Charm on the sideboard, which I approve of. You love Rakdos Charm. <laughs> yeah, it's just hilarious. <laughs> um, also, the Esper control list that came in second caught my eye. It's it's nothing new, nothing crazy. It's just... I just really like the look of it. It's running two Monastery Mentors, two Baleful Strix, two Snapcaster, one Vendillion Click, two Jace, two Liliana, Lingering Souls, Thoughtseize... Uh, Esper Control, it's just it's just the prettiest deck that is very, very difficult to win with. <laughs> gotta put the work in, gotta put the reps in, but I, I just thought that was a pretty well put together list, and it looks like it paid off for them. Also, honorable mention, Goblins coming in 13th. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Always good when Goblins top 16s. I have seen that, um, at least in modern, uh, Affinity is running Days Undoing now, mm-hmm. which is like just a perfect, it's just a perfect... Oh yeah, them to run right. Like I mean, that's exactly what they want to do there. I, I saw blue black Tezzerator uh, running uh, days I'm doing too. I, I think Affinity is just a really good one, especially in Legacy when you can run Force of Wills. Like <laughs> I find that just hilarious running uh, Affinity with Force of Will <laughs> because you can just dump your hand days undoing and then just have counter backup. Uh, if they try and destroy your creatures or wrath or anything like that. Yeah, I'm going to try out the Delver list. I think it's going to be sweet. I, I want to play Days of Doing. It looks cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bug Delver wasn't the home for it, but it was fun to cast. Yeah, it just seems like like a neat, I don't know, just neat. Yeah, no, I, I, I stuck it in Merfolk to see what I think of it in Merfolk. I haven't actually oh, really? Tried, yeah, I haven't tried it yet. Oh, it's just, I'll, I'll fucking shove it into any blue deck and just fuck around and see what it does. I mean, it's, it's three for seven cards. I mean, it's... That's the thing, is I'm thinking of Merfolk, I'm just going to refill my hand with more lords. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, with Merfolk, using Aether Vial and Meta Vaults through a standstill is is very... Um, it's it's the, it's one of the ways the deck functions. Can you explain standstill to me? Cause I'm not so standstill is a one blue, one colorless enchantment. Yep. And whenever a player casts a spell, you sacrifice standstill, and their opponent draws three cards. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I, so I, I, I play standstill, you can't... You know, if it resolves, you can't brainstorm, ponder... Cast a creature. You can't cast a counter spell. Well, um, you can't cast anything without triggering standstill. Yep. I can sacrifice standstill and draw three cards. Um, if so, so the way one of the ways that Merfolk would work is, um, you know, I would land like a turn one ether vial, and then a turn two standstill, and I can use the ether vial to vial in creatures, which gets another oh, standstill. Okay. And yep. I can drop Meta Vaults and animate the lands, which gets you on standstill. So I'm yep. attacking you with these creatures. It, you can't remove the creature through a standstill without me drawing three cards. Right. One okay. of them, one, and one of them might be a Daze, Force of Will, yeah. fucking whatever. <laughs> so I can, it, yeah, it makes people fight the standstill in order to fight the creatures. You know, whether or not it's actually ends up being cute and merfolk or not. I mean, I can load, I can reload my hand with seven. Cards probably mostly lords, but um, 
whether or not that's as good as just drawing three and making you have to fight the standstill in order to fight the creatures mm-hmm. is yet to be seen for me. Yeah, I feel if you have Aether Vile in play, Days Undoing is awesome because you just throw all the creatures you drew off of Days Undoing into play on their turn, at the end of their turn, and then just swing in, probably for lethal. Yeah, but, depending, yeah. But yeah, but if you don't have the Aether Vials, it's a pretty mediocre card, which is kind of true with Standstill, but Standstill can at least buy you time, because you can throw a Standstill out, and an inexperienced player will just sit there and not do anything. Whereas someone who knows how to play against Standstill knows, you know, just crack it. He's going to gain three cards sooner or later, might as well have him draw three cards now, uh, rather than let him, you know, build up and have an even better hand when you finally do crack it. There's also the awkward times when, um, you know, like if you end up playing against a Merfolk deck and they have down a standstill, there's the awkward times where at the end of turn you want to crack the standstill to make them discard. Yeah, like end of their turn, like just play an instant to crack it and make them discard down to seven. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, you can do tricksy stuff like that too, but if that's not really an option, then it's better to crack it sooner rather than later. Because their deck is designed to take advantage of it, and your deck probably is not. <laughs> right. Yep. You know another uh, another little cute thing I, I learned about this week uh, at the Wiz was brain. You know how we had the conversation about brainstorm last week. When to, when is best to brainstorm? Yeah. But to like if you play like a turn one Delver, and I'm a, I'm actually curious what you guys think about this. Play a turn one Delver, and you untap for your upkeep. Play your brainstorm and make sure that you flip the Delver on on the first available turn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and again, I think with my impression really is that with a Delver deck, most yeah. of your deck are instants. So if you end up like brainstorming to put an instant on top and it was already there, you didn't actually need to cast the brainstorm. Yep. And I think I think it's actually going to strike you harder the first time you brainstorm lock yourself. You'll start realizing why that extra card might have just been wonderful to see. Yeah. You know, like like it's wow. it's. It's also one of the things where if you can get somebody brainstorm locked by stifle, stifle in the fetch after they brainstorm, mm-hmm. you'll watch the look on their face too. <laughs> or even, or even like wasting their fetch in response to their brainstorm. Yeah, that's another play. Um, I do actually like the brainstorm in response to the Delver trigger, though. If you have protection for the Delver, like sure. if you have counter magic in hand that you can protect that Delver to make sure you actually get value off of that, yep. I'm fine with that. It, it's just a not the greatest feeling when you do that to ensure the Delver gets flipped and then they bolt it. And you're yeah. like, uh, I wasted a brainstorm and my Delver died. Yeah. Or, or you see three lands or like, I mean, wouldn't you just say that if you're trying to have protection for your Delver, that you if you flip the Delver or not, you could just brainstorm into that protection anyway if you needed to? I mean, that's kind of gambling, so... I mean, if you if you don't have the protection in hand, there's no guarantee you're going to hit it off the top three cards. I, I can understand like where where you guys are going. I mean, my biggest thing was like, so Wednesday for me was sort of I don't want to call it frustrating because I wasn't frustrated, but I definitely was a little bit down on myself because I felt like uh, like I didn't I feel every game you know like I said I went to three games every single round, went to time every single round. I was in turns for two rounds, like, and that is not the the way that that deck operates. And I was playing against, you know, Threshold and other and like other Delver decks, and like I, I just feel like uh, I wasn't uh, being aggressive enough. Say it out loud. I just wanted to punch people. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it, it's not even that. It was just 
I just felt very disappointed in myself because I feel like like I should be past the point where I'm just drawing games out. Like I should be able to close the distance, you know what I mean, on the last couple turns. Um, and I don't, I definitely don't feel like I should be going to time with the blue red Delver deck. So mm-hmm. it was just a little bit frustrating for me to like um, to to be doing that every single round to basically play, you know, only three rounds of Legacy. But it took me four, you know like four and a half hours to do it or whatever. Like it was just well, it was a little I, bit ridiculous. I right? wouldn't I wouldn't beat yourself up too much because uh, the Delver versus Delver matches can be very grindy, and I've gone to time against them pretty often, especially if both decks are running Wasteland. I've had multiple games where it's like, I'm playing Bug Delver, my opponent's on Canadian Thresholds, also known as Rug Delver, for those yep. not familiar. Uh, and it's been like turn seven, and we have two cards in hand each and zero permanents on the board. Yeah. So it's just like board states like that can lead it going to time because you can just deny each other so effectively that neither one of you can resolve a threat to close the game out. Yeah. Yeah, it's just you know, it's just I don't know. I like I want to be good with the with the deck, and I know that obviously Legacy is super deep and there's a lot to learn. But like, I, I just I had feel like I had a few misplays, and maybe it's because I had a long a long work day like right beforehand. But you know, it's just I'm just trying to dig a little bit deeper and just find out like the little edges I can get by just making better decisions. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. I did have a conversation with someone at the shop. Um, because uh, I had it was I can't remember which round it was, but it was the kid that I did beat in three games. He I did ask him. I was like, oh, you know, I, I noticed that you brainstormed at the end of my turn, <laughs> and it was just I, it was just kind of fresh in my mind because we had talked about it. <laughs> like, 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 prior. I hear that's bad. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. So what I said was, oh, you know, I, I saw that you brainstormed at the end of my turn. Like, was there a reason for it? Because I, I I don't want to say that anyone's wrong because I am not the guy to tell someone that they're playing wrong. You know what I mean? That is <laughs> no, not my are. style at all. I just I was just genuinely curious. And he's like, he's like, oh well, you always brainstorm the end of someone's turn. I said, oh, I, you know, it's funny. Like, I was having a conversation with some of my buddies, and you know, there's like, there's a school of thought out there that it's actually quite the opposite. He's like, no, I absolutely do not agree with that. And they just kind of like shut me off. I'm like, all right. So like, I packed up my stuff and walked away. I'm like, whatever. Like, yes, but, uh, I just thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> I feel that's very telling because I find the people that uh, you know subscribe to that are the people who are not open to conversation. Yeah. The only way you learn how to be a better player is to expose yourself to other ideas and listen to other people's logic and reasoning as to why something is good or bad. And you can disagree with it all you want. You know, oh. you, you may not agree to a school of thought and think it is the opposite, but if you're not even willing to have a conversation around it, you can't expect to get better as a player. Right. Or as yeah. a human being. Yeah, or <laughs> as just a general human being in, 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 in general. So yeah. I find that kind of telling that he was just like, no, you're wrong, end of story. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was. I, I didn't. I didn't press the issue further because he obviously didn't want to talk. I don't know if he was salty because he lost to me or whatever, but I didn't want to press it any further. But I was. I was just genuinely curious because you guys know me. I'm. I'm I don't have an ego when I go in anywhere. Like, I'm just there to like basically learn. Like, if I lose, I really don't care that much. I do want to win because that's. Yeah, I'm just kind of a spiky person, but. I do want to have a good time and learn, and he was just—he just didn't want any part of it. So I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I read—I read the signals and walked away. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, it's been a lovely conversation I just had with myself. <laughs> I yeah. said to myself, "Self," I said, "Get away from this guy." <laughs> yeah. So I moved—I uh, moved the one seat down to my next opponent. Did you have any? Um, I wanted to ask you, Jerry, because the other day I was asking you about because um, I'm—I'm getting back into MTGO. And I'm trying to build um, the same 75 online so I can just practice with it when I'm yeah. not able to get out. 
Be careful, I hear that's like crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's well, funny market... you're saying that, Pat, because I'm I'm seriously asking myself Getting out. to sign a cell out of MTGO. And, and that was my question. So, like, I, I probably put in, like, I don't know, like, 50 ticks worth of stuff the other night, just, like, picking up what I needed. I saw how, how expensive forces were, and I wasn't expecting that. I knew that days were expensive, but forces seemed to be kind of up there, too. But I didn't buy anything super big. But I did want your opinion because obviously, like I don't know if you know Adrian, like the changes that are going on with Magic Online. No, I was just about to ask about that because I've been hearing a lot about it. So, do you want to go into it, Jerry? Because I'm sure you know a little bit more about it than I do. In a nutshell, they doubled the cost to enter tournaments and have the prizes. Essentially, yeah. Like, (laughs) so the issue was here's the issue. Right now, I can go buy Theros boosters for about two bucks a piece. And so, like, that is not great for the Magic Online economy because there are so many packs out there that are being, that are being won that the pack prices are always, are just continually dropping, right? Like, you, it's not a good investment to have packs. So people are always trying to trade their packs off for tickets or whatever as soon as they can. So these packs are two bucks a piece now and people want the packs to be four tickets, right? They want it to be the equivalent of like four dollars. They want the Magic Online economy, and I say they, they want it to be one dollar. Really, the, the yeah. only reason yeah. no, the only reason why they want it to be four tickets though is because they're expecting to sell those packs. They right. they want right. them to, to get the same number of packs and prizes, and to be able to sell their prizes for four tickets. And that's just right. not how the economy works. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So there's there's abundance of packs out there that aren't valued of what they want them to be. And when I like I said, when I say they, I mean the players. Watsy doesn't really acknowledge the secondary market as far as the packs go, so they don't care too much about that. So what their their plan was to essentially when you go into a limited queue, you are winning packs. Usually you'd win enough packs in first place to to go infinite, right? To like be able to buy into the next event with your packs and never have to pay another dime into the system, which doesn't happen for anyone except for maybe like the best of the best grinders and whatnot. So what they've done is they've lowered the prize payout as far as packs go. They've created a new system of play points that are awarded um, when you win that are basically, like, if you are aware of, like, what phantom points are, they're similar. Like, they buy you into events, but they're non-tradable. So you have play points, like, you cannot get rid of them. It's like herpes. (laughs) And... And then you and, and then, points and, are like herpes. <laughs> you can't get rid of them. <laughs> you can give them back to MTGO, but you're probably going to get them back in return. So, um, but then you and then again, like Jerry was saying, the constructed queues have like du- is it really doubled in price? Is that what it was? I know they went up. Yeah, right? the daily events. The daily events went from six dollars to enter to twelve dollars to enter. Okay. Yeah. So so now you have which. I think what it's going to do is stabilize prices in the market. So I think it's going to have the effect they want. But I think the people who really lose out are the grinders in Magic Online, and there's been a huge um, sell-off of people's uproar. collections. So they're just it's not out. just the grinders, though. I'm not a grinder, and I still lost. Like, it's going to hurt the casual players. You're telling me I now have to pay twelve dollars instead of six dollars to enter a tournament. I'm just going to not enter that tournament. Yep. You know, it, you doubled the the cost for people to buy into it. Um, you enter, you added in that it was already confusing enough because you already had a churn your dollars into tickets, into boosters, into events. Now you have to turn your dollars into tickets, which can then give you boosters and or prize points. It's like, here, here's $10. You give me 10 coupons. I turn my 10 coupons into five tokens. I turn my five tokens into (laughs) seven prize points. I turn my seven prize points into two and a half, you know, picks. It's just, 
they're, it's like a prize wallet, a GP, dude. Yeah, they're convoluting the monetary system and making it uh, easier to disguise the true cost. Because yeah. the end result is you pay more and you get less. Right. Yeah, that's that's totally it. So so my question is, as I'm trying to get into Magic Online, <laughs> like it's probably a good time because prices are low. But the question is, are they going to go lower? Like, is it worth is it worth getting into? Like, is this going to collapse? Because I know a big concern is that like these, all these legacy dailies that used to fire all the time are not going to fire anymore. And I was curious what your what your thoughts were. That was also the other thing is they were saying, oh, we want to revamp the legacy and vintage, uh, you know, game state because we want to support that game more. And the way they decided the best way to do that was to take away a bunch of tournaments. <laughs> Yeah. So they took away eight-man queues already. Now they took away daily events, and now they have like these random, weird eight-man queues that aren't fire on demand, uh, but are scheduled that no one's actually going to. So no one's actually playing the formats anymore. And then they also pulled the support from the Vintage Super League. So it just feels like they're actively trying to kill Magic Online. So they can just shut the game down, and they're like, okay, here's this new product, here's Duels of the Planeswalkers, now you're going to start paying for Duels of the Planeswalkers like it was Magic Online. Yeah. That is my conspiracy theory, what wants these end <laughs> that's, your, that's your tinfoil hat. Yeah, my tinfoil hat, hat, <laughs> tinfoil hat theory is that they're actively trying to make Magic Online as bad as possible so people will stop playing it so they can pull the plug without a huge uproar. Yeah. I mean, I've played Magic Duels, and it's pretty boss, man. I've been playing it on my freaking iPhone. And yeah, I've been, Magic Online. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing it too. I have more fun playing Magic Duels than I do playing Magic Online. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm just bummed that like uh, right now, obviously, there's no legacy on there. It's only like it's, it's like basically a bad, limited. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's basically limited. It's it's almost like if you want to compare it to Constructed, it's almost like a really bad core set because it's like some Origins cards and like some not Origins cards. And I mean, it's fine. Like it get, it scratches the itch when I'm on the shitter and want to like play Magic. <laughs> you know, but like it, it makes it, me feel like a new player again. I'm, so, I'm yeah. you're so limited by your card selection that it just it makes me feel like a new player who just bought a couple booster bo- uh, packs yep. and then yep. back, which yeah, I really I mean, like back to. I mean, how cool would it be if you could play Legacy on there? Like, it'd be amazing, right? Yeah. Would you Would you pay like a subscription fee, like a, like say like ten bucks a month, to have access to all Legacy cards and just be able to jam games whenever you want? It depends on the player base, because you can give me access to all the cards in the world. If I can't play with anyone, then I'm not going to bother. Well, okay, so let's 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 say that it's let's say they replace Magic Online with, with Magic Duels, and it's a subscription-based service. Say it's fifteen bucks a month. You get to have you know access to the cards. You you don't get the draft, but you get to have access to the constructed cards and get to play unlimited constructed formats. Uh, it's difficult because I'm such a competitive player. That mm-hmm. there needs to be like some prize structure yeah. or some incentive for me. Like, sure. I'll pour money into the two mans. I can easily go to the just for fun room and jam legacy games with random people. Yep. But I don't do that. I always do the two man cues where it's the buy in because it's just like I can't get in the right mind state unless there's something on the line. It's like sure. how it's like how you don't play for poker for no money. So you yeah, like it's, it's, so you like the gambling of it then. Not so much the gambling, it's just, it's it's a different competitive atmosphere. Playing for fun and playing for competitive, you play differently and your opponent plays differently. Um, you when I'm, the line, right? Like, yeah, not only do I want to take it seriously, I want my opponent to take it seriously, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think the risk inherent in the game is fun, right? Yeah, 
it makes it it makes it interesting. It makes it um, you know, like if you're just playing yeah, like, a like, risk game with your buddy, it's much more relaxed versus if I just paid ten dollars to play at the Wiz and like I'm gonna take every game seriously. I'm gonna have fun, but I, I pay ten dollars. I want to win eighty bucks or whatever the whatever the top prize is. You know. Yeah. Well, it's not even the fact of like the risk of losing. It's the fact that you're striving for something. There's there's an end goal. There's a finish line. There's a trophy. There's you know we could be playing for conch shells for all I care. If we're playing for conch shells, we're playing for conch shells. Yeah, totally. Exactly. I I totally I I completely understand where you're coming from, Jerry. I'm this I'm the same exact way. Like I could sit down and like be playing against like you know like if I'm playing Madden like back in college and I'm playing against like the against like my Xbox it's like whatever but if I'm playing online or I'm playing against my buddy in my room like there are controllers getting thrown around the room if I lose like it's you know what I mean even oh, yeah. just, it's just even if you're playing for something as intangible as bragging rights it makes the competition much more fun yeah, oh, I mean, I remember back in college, it's like, man, it's hot as balls out there. It must be at least 100 degrees. And then instantly, the first person just goes, I bet you it's not. <laughs> I bet, I bet you, a, I bet you a sub that it's not 100 degrees. Alright, I'll take that bet. <laughs> so, so, now in a roundabout way, do you think it's wise for me to get into Magic Online? Like, I really want to play more Legacy. Like, there's, like, this week I will be able to get out to a shop because of my schedule, so, like, I'd love to be able to just play some, some like, a daily event, even though those aren't around anymore or whatever, but... I think it's worthwhile now because prices are cheap, so if you are going to buy in, this is a great time to buy in because you're buying in for cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so long as there's people like Heavy Meta Midget who are throwing the, the free Tuesday night legacy events, you know, community-organized tournaments, yep. I think that's great. I wish there was more of that, and I wish... Yeah, more shout out to him, by the way, for that. He's yeah. always pushing that on Twitter, like... That's freaking awesome, man. I love seeing that. Always, he does a huge community service for that. I actually just sent him out a, uh, a Cabal Therapy for his dredge deck and paper, just as a little thank you for uh, for hosting that. Nice. Um, so as, as long as there's that, I personally, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to sell out of Magic Online. I think I'm going to shelve it for a while. I'm definitely not putting any more money into it, yep. and I'm not, I'm still going to play Heavy Meta Midgets tournaments, but I'm not going to enter any WotC uh, run tournaments. And just to show them a little bit of your displeasure, or yeah, just or, well, no, just because the value isn't there, it just doesn't yeah. make economic sense for me to do that at this point. So I'm gonna sit on the sidelines, see how things shape up. I think that honestly, there is enough outcry over this, and they are gonna feel it in their bottom line. That even increasing the cost of entry is still the amount of players leaving is going to kind of put pressure on them to go back to the way it was. Yeah. So I'm not sell I'm not selling out now, but I'm definitely keeping my finger on the trigger. I mean, have you, like, do you have any opinion on the reset redemption cost? Like, I know they jammed it up to twenty five dollars, which is a oh. big increase from five. Like, that's the I, root cause. I mean, things weren't great before they re- they j- jacked up the set redemption cost, but they weren't as bad as they were, you know, now or even right. before this announcement. You know, pack prices were. Low, but they weren't like rock bottom low. As yeah, soon as the dollars for a pack is pretty insane. Like at the end of right. the round, just because of the economy of it, people were redeeming sets, so that was taking cards out of the system, which drew got uh, r- rose the price of singles. So mm-hmm. people would open packs instead of buying them in the hopes of actually just opening those cards rather than buying them, which took more packs off the market. Yep. So it it worked, but as soon as they raised the redemption, it threw a huge monkey wrench in it. People stopped, uh, you know, uh, card prices plummeted, so people stopped opening packs, so prices of packs went way down. 
if they really wanted to fix the system, they would have just gone back to the five dollar redemption, or even just bump it up to ten dollars, not twenty five. Yeah. I never understood what the I I didn't I just didn't really look into it too much, but what the reasoning was to bump it up to twenty five seemed like pretty arbitrary. To uh, they wanted more money. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's got to be it, right? Like there can't be another reason for it. Because people are willing to pay twenty five. But, but I not. think the thing that's is that they're, the thing. Not. they're not. Yeah, yeah. I think if people were willing to pay twenty five, like they would, we wouldn't have this problem. Yeah, right. But people don't want to pay twenty five dollars to redeem a set. Then uh, why wouldn't they put redemption back down? Isn't uh, de- isn't demand basically what people are willing to pay for it? Yeah, but, but I, I think that. But like, the whole point is people aren't paying for it because otherwise the economy of Magic Online wouldn't be in the state it is. Right, and I think like they don't want to bring it back down because I. If I was going to guess, I think that Watsi doesn't want people to doesn't want people to feel like they have as much of a say in what they do as 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 we could have. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they, they don't, don't want, want us to feel like we have all this power over them. Like, no, like Watsi does what Watsi does. You guys either buy into it, you know, or you don't, and that's fine with them. Like, they they have their product and they they feel confident in what they're doing. They're feeling very stubborn. Is yeah. is kind of the word I would say for it. It's like it's like a twenty year old promise not to reprint old cards, you know, something like that. Yeah, they're just they're they're stubborn. This is what they're going to do because this is the way they're going to do it. And even if they realize it's a bad idea, they have to stand by it. And right. also, I think the reason why they wouldn't uh, lower it back down is because I honestly do think they were losing money on the set redemptions. They must have, right? Like, yeah, I mean, you're taking basically free money and turning it into a cost because yeah. it doesn't cost anything to make zeros and ones. <laughs> so, I mean, Magic Online is a huge profit margin for Watsi, and when you throw in set redemptions and them having to send out physical product and shipping and actually having to, you know, shell out real money, they realized, well, why don't we just trim this back a bit and actually, you know, try and make this profitable instead of operating at a loss. Trimming it back, and this, and this is going to be the last thing I say about it, trimming it back seems to be their MO when it comes to Magic Online. Because I I know for a fact well I should say I know that the word about street is that they don't pay their programmers dick they don't pay a competitive wage they're not getting good people to come work there to do this programming and that's a big problem but that's that's the last thing I'm gonna say about it because I think they need to just pay people more so yeah so I guess I'm gonna bind a magic online now <laughs> I think yeah if you're optimistic about the future now is a good time to buy in if you think they're gonna get their shit together and figure things out you'll be getting in at rock-bottom prices. If they don't, well, don't mortgage your house to get into Magic Online. No, I mean, I'm, like, Blue Red Dove, <laughs> Blue Red Dove or Magic Online is, like, a couple hundred bucks. Like, if I lose out on it, it's like I've made much worse investments in my life, so. Yeah. I just won't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was reading, like, uh, an article today, too, about, I mean, we don't have to listen to the cast, but I just thought it was interesting, like, the difference between, like, a Tier 1 Legacy deck, like, a average card price versus a tier one modern deck average card price and then like with and without the mana base uh-huh. it was pretty interesting um, what was the conclusions um well I'll read you I'll just, let me just read you the numbers off and then you can tell me what you think like the average card price um for a legacy deck a top tier legacy deck um is like $33 per card average no this is this is paper yeah. <laughs> the market crashed here. You missed it. <laughs> oh, no. Um, been asleep for three years. <laughs> um, average average for modern deck is $13. Average and this, this, let me make sure I get that clear right, Pat. So you're talking about paper, right? Yep. Okay. So, like, so, for instance, 
Legacy Omnitel overall price for the full seventy five is like two grand for Omnitel. Does that sound about right? Sure. So like the average card price for that is twenty eight dollars. Okay. Miracles is like is like just under three grand, so the average card price for that is thirty seven dollars. Okay. So I think the the most expensive one was like Teamer Delver, which is like thirty two hundred dollars. But anyway. And for so, Legacy? Yeah. What, what what's Teamer Rug? Uh yes, Teamer's Rug. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So anyway, so yeah, that was just the they broke it down like average card price for Legacy was thirty three dollars. Average card price for Modern was thirteen. But where I thought it was really interesting was the average card price for Legacy No Duels is twenty two, which mm-hmm. is like not a huge jump over the mo- over the Modern price. Right. It was just kind of neat, you know. Yeah, and the inter- I mean, and for me. Interestingly enough, the deck that goes, I think, back and forth easily enough between the two with the same cards, mostly, is Merfolk. I've heard that. I've heard that from other people too. Like, um, yeah, Burn does a lot too. Because actually, that's yeah. one of the reasons. Like, I built Modern Burn first, and then mm-hmm. I built Legacy Burn, and I still have not even played Modern Burn before. I have all the pieces. <laughs> I just, At least you got them, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I did sell off all my Goblin guides, but that's just because they've spiked, and I'll, I'll buy them when they go back. Let me go sure. back down when he's reprinted in, in Battle for Zendikar. Whether reprinted in Modern Masters, Battle for Zendikar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not playing Banded like, Modern, like, whatever the hell they happen to do. Yeah, exactly. Also, but I just thought that was really cool. Like, I mean, I've said it time and time again, one of the reasons why I got into Legacy was because I couldn't pay to keep up with Standard. And it sounds, like, really counterintuitive, but if you do the math out over enough time, like, it really makes more sense to be in Legacy versus Standard. Oh, yeah, I think I just saw some numbers earlier today that was, like, uh, $700 at standard rotation every time? It's probably something like that, man, honestly. And especially, like, right now, because the the meta is so, like, rocks, paper, scissors, like, if you're not changing... Mm-hmm. If you don't have two or three decks to choose from, you're just going to be playing a worse... Like, a, a subpar deck, like, every other week or every third week or whatever, like... Which isn't a big deal if you're just running FNMs, but, like, if you're going SCG opens and stuff, you want to be running the best deck, you know? I, I guess, but... I don't know. Maybe, well, well, I should say, like, you know... The reason why I played Standard was because I wanted to win games. Yep. The reason I'm playing Legacy is because I'm really enjoying just playing the Legacy format. Like yeah. I can say there was a Standard format where I was like, man, this format is so great, it's so diverse, it's so interesting. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? It was just, it was like, the hey, card- I, can play, I can play Magic every week, every day if I want to. Like the cards are fairly cheap in the short term investment, um, and there's always there's always something going on with it. Like it's always changing, but. Mm-hmm. I found just for me the payoff for that just wasn't there anymore because I'm getting old, you know, and just can't keep up with all those all those kids playing all those games. But, yeah, it was cool. It was on like um, I think like modernaccess.com. I guess any guys a link, but I just thought it was a neat like a neat little comparison. It doesn't really tell you anything about like overall investment. It's really just like a breakdown of here's what the decks cost. Here's like the, ch- the change of like you know like if you take out if you take the duels out of Brixis control, it goes down to sixty two percent. Sure. The thing with, to me, I think the thing with all of those analyses, where where they, you know, this deck is this much, so if you want to play this deck, it's this much to play, mm-hmm. is it? It's it's. Um. For me, it stifles me, you know, and it stifles my ability to play a variety of decks. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I'm in. I play this deck. That's the deck I play. I only play Merfolk. Yep. Um. So really, when we sit down, you already know what I'm playing. Yeah. So I so there's no so now 
for example, like you have Burn together and you're getting Blue Red Delver together. When you sit down to play, I could be playing against either one. You might even start putting together Sneak and Show once you actually get Vox or something. You could end up yeah. doing, you know, who knows what, Grixis or something. Yeah. And, and um, so the thing is, is when you have the the a variety to play with, like yeah, to to get initially invested into a deck would cost this much. But my thing with those analyses articles is, it doesn't um, it doesn't reflect. Uh, what could be uh, contentment in playing? Like, if you're only content to play one deck, then that's cool. Most people yeah. tend to get bored with the deck that they play. Sure, yeah. Definitely. So, like, they'll end up wanting to play another deck, try a different deck. Maybe their buddy's got a deck that they could loan. You know, stuff like that. And that's cool. So, like, it's one of the things where, you know, sometimes we've talked about it. And, you know, when I always kind of look at it as when, when you get ready to get towards legacy, you kind of look towards... I, I like to think you look at a card that you want to play. What's a heavy investment card that you'd be content to play with? For most people, it might be Force of Will. Mm-hmm. You know, well, then Force of Will is going to be the big the big bullet to bite, and then what's the rest of the deck that you want to play? Um, you know, for some, it's Lion's Eye Diamond. So if you go with Lion's Eye Diamond as the big heavy, then you can end up playing Dredge, or you can play Ad Nauseam Tendrils, or you could play Tass. You know, you could start to look towards other decks that use that yeah. Lion's Eye Diamond, where the rest of the so- deck is fairly cheap. Yeah, so you're saying, like, the, like the, the, and I should say, I, like, the caveat to this is that I think the merit in this article is just, is just that they did the math. I think yeah. that's the only, I, I don't think that, like, like, oh, this, I don't think, this is, this article certainly doesn't take the tone of, like, legacy is better than modern, or modern is better than legacy. It's just right, very right. black, but, like, here are the top decks, like, here's, like, your average cost to get into a deck for, if you want to be in the top tier decks. For, for these two formats, here's what it is without duels because that's such an expensive part of it, and I think that's I think that's the biggest merit in it. But I I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, yeah, I think I think really that's a- I think that's the part of it too. Is like you know they give you is this is this is the cost of entry to play into this format with this deck, um, and it, it's a good reference if what you're maybe considering is short term, like if like, yep. uh, you know what do people and I'm I'm not actually how can I put it. Uh, some people, when a modern PTQ season comes around, they may go out and pick up a modern deck. Yep. And then once PTQ season goes by, they sell their modern deck and they go That's back to standard. And then when yep. it comes back again, now they pick up their modern deck again and they go out and buy it. And so like the rise in Blood Moon. Like. Well, so so an article that gives an analysis like that may be a good reference to a player who wants to do that type of thing. Um, but for somebody who actually wants to pick up a deck, hold on to it, and pick up other decks, it's not. I don't consider it to be a valid reference as into entry into a format. It may be a valid reference as in short-term em- entry into play. Yeah. You know, that's just my that's just my impression, though. Yeah, I, like I said, I think I think the, um, the the strength in the article is just that they did the deck, just that they did the prices. Um, it, you know what I mean? Like it's just. Yeah. Oh I no! It sounds like it, it sounds like they did the math opinion. very interestingly. Yeah, it doesn't sway my opinion. Like, it doesn't make me think like this is why Legacy is better than Modern. I just think, yeah, it's kind of cool. Like, I didn't yeah. realize that like this is what the average Modern deck was. I didn't know this was this is what the average Legacy deck was, and that's that's kind of where it ended for me. I just thought yeah, it was I, interesting. Yeah. You know? No, yeah, well, it it sounds pretty interesting. I wasn't thinking of it as like a Legacy better than Modern type thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's not how I took it. Yeah, it was just it was cool because you know they, they referenced like Blood Moon double, like Snapcaster Mage like tripled at one point, like. You know, shit, even more than that. Yeah. yeah, well, it went from like 33 to 75, right? In the same time frame that Blood Mood like doubled or whatever. It was, it was just, it was just, it was interesting, but yeah, yeah, yeah Modern's an interesting format. 
I mean, it's, cool. it's interesting as far as like I just saw I just saw Gorio's Vengeance for the price tag the other day. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it I don't know if I'd call it interesting because I think the best part about last week's podcast was it opening with hashtag fuck modern. <laughs> oh, you like the way I did that? <laughs> It just I got told, me off on the right I, foot at 5 a.m. It was fantastic. <laughs> well, I told I told Evan I was gonna put it in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was great. It was great, man. It was great. I had this awesome fucking conversation with somebody um, because of the um, because of that blind auction. I had an awesome conversation with somebody who like was so glad that there was an auction that they could assist in because. They didn't have the time to go dig their commons out, but they wanted to do something, and and, I'm, and like that provided them that channel. And I'm like, holy shit! I hadn't even fucking yeah. thought about it like that. Like that—that's <laughs> that was such a cool revelation. I mean, just because uh, it was, I hadn't thought about it. Like you know, maybe not everybody knows where their commons are. <laughs> like I just took it for because I mean, my, well, well, originally when we were talking about it, we're like, yeah, you know, if you open a pack and you don't, and you take the rare and you don't want the rest of the pack sticking in an envelope. That was like kind of the simplicity that I was imagining with yep. it, right? That, and at the same time, I think GP Charlotte was going on. And it was limited, and you always see like somebody takes down the winner box and leaves all the commons on the table because yeah. they didn't want them. They just wanted the rares, or everybody drafts and then leaves their draft deck except for the rares on the table for the judges to pick up. Yeah, and like just looking at all that stuff, thinking. There's got to be a way to do something for the veterans with all that stuff, so that it just doesn't like hit the trash. It's got to be usable, and like. When we were all out to lunch that day with Kyle, it was actually not me that created a channel. It was all of us that like brain, brain, yeah, brainstormed, brainstormed up the actual venue. This has broadened my network to be able to connect with people who are just freaking awesome. Like, like, <laughs> I mean, no, really, like, I'm still anybody sending international support to U.S. soldiers is fucking floors me. Like, and, the, you know, the first, and it was so funny, too, because the first guy on the Facebook page is Braden. He's like, wow, it's kind of quiet in here. You know, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> he's been awesome to interact with. Um, but, like, I, I went down to Connecticut once um, to play Modern, and that's how I met Celso. And, like, Celso's a cool freaking guy. You know, like, this has brought into my community uh, for me because it's allowed me to connect with people from, as far, you know, a, a distance away who are um, as community-minded, you know, like people like Heavy Meta Midget, for example, you know, just like some really cool people. All right, then why don't we go into topics? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, you want to start, Jerry? Sure. Uh, first of all, scoop in Caleb. He let me borrow a Sylvan library from him, so I would have felt really awkward if I then beat him in the tournament with it. Thankfully, that did not come to pass, and I hope he actually won. I, I don't know who actually won the tournament, but I hope he did, because he was definitely in the contending for it. Uh, Scooping Josh Sissio, just as always, by uh, my legacy coach. Just because he's Josh Sissio. Just because he's Josh Sissio, but also, I mean, probably learned more from him about legacy than anything else, and continue to learn from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, definitely want to scoop in Pat for being awesome. And I want to scoop in Adrian for also being awesome. <laughs> Double scoop to cast members. I like that. Double scoop to cast members. <laughs> Look at that. Okay, I'll I'll scoop in Caleb just because he plays land tax on occasion. And yeah. <laughs> anybody playing land tax is fucking sweet by me. Um, and also, and I I never caught this guy's name. Uh, not last week, but the week before, playing down at TE. I actually 
Did you see that, Sherry? There was a guy playing black-white parfait. No. <laughs> he, he called it parfait, and then I'm looking, I'm like, oh, this is... And I'm like, parfait? Like, he's got Lantac scroll rack. I think he had paint a servant grindstone, uh, but he was using black-white. Oh. Yeah, which oh, is kind of like... Cur- parfait. <laughs> yeah, I forget what the black was for, but it was... Um, I think he might even he might even had like cabal therapy lingering souls. I'm trying to remember. It was really it was really interesting. I'm like, well, you know, and I said, well, we can go outside. I'll smoke a butt. I'll tell you about my land tax tax, and maybe there's uh if there's anything you end up picking up out of that, like whatever. I'm like, because I really just wanted to see his deck. I just I I like I like mm-hmm. seeing what people do with land tax because the thing about land tax is since it's not. Uh, it's not mainstream. What people do tends to be individualized, and and that's the, that's cool to me. So um, so yeah, shout out to that guy for playing Black White Land Tax. And uh, what else? Oh, Kyle. Yeah, shout out to Kyle and John Kerman and uh, oh and Conrad and uh, and, sh- and shout out to Evan and Andrew. So yeah, and shout out to Evan Nyquist because he's a fucking sick ass graphics design artist. Um, but anyway, so <clears throat> Evan and uh, and scoop into Toppy Pat because he's gonna edit this one like a boss because <laughs> he's good like that. You got it, man. You got it. Cool. And uh, and uh, scoop into Toppy Lita. And like. Um, how about you, Pat? Who are you scooping in and talking uh, to? I'm going to scoop in Jerry, first of all, for having an awesome show on this weekend. I was very excited to see you giving the play-by-play. I'm, I'm sad I couldn't be there, <laughs> because you know I would have been the first person to play in the first round. Beat you. And, then, and nope. then you still And then you would have won out, so. <laughs> yeah, none of, and none of it was being shared to the Facebook group, yeah. though. Yeah, well, you, you're busy. I can listen you're busy. Let's start posting things in the Facebook group instead of just our private message. <laughs> yeah, we should, we should do that. We should do that. Yeah, like, all, everybody come join the Facebook group. We'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's, that's our promise. We'll start, we'll start having awesome conversations on the Facebook group, not just yeah. in direct messages. <laughs> totally, I, I dig that. But, um, but yeah, definitely scoop Jerry in the top eight there. Scoop nice. it, scoop it Adrian in for being, uh, for being awesome, being the man. Getting this uh, this fundraiser going, which has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, there's been an amazing outpouring of support for it. Adrian's gone, you know, pulled out all the stops to get prize, you know, prizes and uh, and raffles going and uh, and auctions going and stuff and just just yeah. killer stuff, man. So thank you to Adrian for that. Yeah, that actually reminds me when this cast comes out. I think this cast comes out the day before the auction closes, so you might have last minute chance to get your direct messages into me on Facebook and Twitter to submit a bid. Yeah, get those in, guys. Uh, give them your best. Give you know, give them your best bid on the playmat, like the Christopher Rush Lightning Bolt playmat is freaking sick. I'm trying to win it myself, so uh, so get those prices, get those bids in. <laughs> and that makes it so that makes it so interesting, Pat, because I can't tell you anything about anything. Like there's <laughs> that's, no, that's I totally can't fine. tell you anything about. Yeah, I know. It's just like it's it's awkward, like getting into a non-conversation. Like it's so <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> is it is it like the Price is Right, where if I bid one dollar, I can beat on everybody? Is that what it is? <laughs> yes. Well, no, no, no. It's like the price is right where if you bid one dollar and nobody else bids, you get it for a dollar. I don't think I'd want that play map for a dollar. I, I would, I would want to put something towards sorry, but regardless, it's a, it's freaking awesome. It, like I don't get excited about play mats ever, hence why I'm giving away a lot of the ones that I have because they, they just don't do anything for me. 
but that lightning bolt play mat is the shit, and I want it. So um, get your bids in for that. DM DM Adrian um, on Facebook or on Twitter. Send him send a message. Get those bids in for it. Um, but other than that, uh, I'd like to scoop in our guys from from uh, Atlanta. I got to listen to that podcast yes uh, this morning. It was fantastic. Um, these guys are great. Celso again, and um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's it, man. I think I'm good for top eights. Yeah, and everybody hey. can check out Team Tuscan Tap and Sick. Oh, and you know Come what? Uh, GG Games. GG Games in Oxbridge. Um, they've been yes. helping us out with fundraiser. They've been buying up our commons and on commons from you guys. Um, Tony's been awesome. Like, no shit. Yeah, yeah and I was, awesome. get, I was trying to get his um, his eBay information so, so that... Uh, I, will get it. I will get it for you. I'll get it for you. Um, his TCG account uh, name is uh, G2, the number, you know, G as in the letter, and then the two spelled out, T-W-O. Um, you can find his store, his storefront on there. Um, I'll try to link that in the show notes as well. Um, yeah, because there's it, a couple of guys. There's him and there's another guy, Flip, and I wanted to get Flip's. Uh, actually, since you're down by TJ's also, maybe you can even get Flip's. I forget what his thing is, but as eBay sellers who have been so, so fucking supportive of this, mm-hmm. um, it'd just be cool if, if anybody, while you're, you know, while you're window shopping, you just check out their price and see Absolutely. if you can help them too. Absolutely. You know, Thanks to those guys. No shit. It's been a total community effort, and it's really humbling and just so awesome to see just the support for the for the you know for MTG cast and also Wounded Warriors. It's been mm-hmm. awesome to get you know everyone's been getting behind Adrian with his little his little brainchild here, and just um, it's just awesome to see the outpouring of goodwill. So thank you for that. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. check out check out G two Games in Oxford, Mass. Tony's awesome. He always does right by me, and he'll do right. By mm-hmm. me. I guess we went through all the top eights then and everything it's else. So, yeah. I think right. I think uh, we we had a good cast. Yeah. No, I hope so. We'll see what happens when uh, Pat's done editing it. We'll <laughs> we, we did we did some soul searching. We'll find out how much of it makes it to the public eye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully none. Uh, we'll have to see. Pat Pat. Uh, hopefully Pat does uh, okay there. Can we at least release the Can we at least release the part where we discovered the meaning to life? Because I feel the listeners would you know get something out of that. Uh, I don't think they'd be. T- I don't. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. We 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 don't want to bore them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not with my shallow remarks. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we should probably also not reveal where the Holy Grail is buried, as well as the Fountain of Youth. It will melt faces. Oh, uh, see, now you're just making it so that it's obviously bogus. <laughs> I you know what I did here? I heard that there's a fucking pack fresh pristine black lotus in the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> I heard the pack fresh black lotus is the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, uh, we hope you all have a wonderful Monday, and we will catch you next time. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>